The Locked On NFL Scouting listeners had a bunch of questions from our content throughout the course of this past week. So we're going to give you guys the challenge flag. We're putting it under further review and answering your questions here today on this episode of Locked On NFL Scouting. You are Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes, your daily podcast for NFL and college football scouting. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's better than this? It's guys being dudes here on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. We're the Draft Dudes. I'm Joe Marino from Locked On Bills. He's Kyle Krabs from Locked On Dolphins. And we are your NFL experts here with you daily to talk team building across the NFL on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast with the Draft Dudes. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So don't forget, everybody can find us on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts as well. That's exactly right. Very important footnote here as we put the show for the first time under the house of Locked On NFL Scouting into your hands, the listeners of the show. Had a bunch of questions that came in throughout the course of the week. And as Joe and I were sitting here trying to figure out how we wanted to close this week in particular, we said, you know what? Why don't we, why don't we uh, take these questions on our takes and our opinions and put them under further review? So therefore, the idea of under further review, the concept of it was born, uh, in which we, uh, we let you guys throw challenge flags on things we talk about throughout the week, uh, ask clarification questions, ask new questions based off of the content we're talking about, and we're going to surprise you now and again by answering all of your questions directly that were challenge flags thrown on the things we talked about throughout the course of the week. The people thought they were getting ignored, Kyle, sending us questions in on the Twitter timeline, and here they are right now. So if you hadn't heard back from us, it's coming right now. Yeah, we don't know how long Elon's going to keep – Right. Keep things humming over there. So we don't we don't want to have that interaction with you guys on Twitter. We're gonna do it on the show. So here we are. Shall Let's we? Do it. First this challenge flag. The first challenge flag thrown. is what sparked this entire idea. It's true. It's true. So I'm, let me read this one because I feel like mm-hmm. you're the one that needs to answer it. Correct. And it, it comes from Kyle, but not not me. Not Kyle Krabs. Good Different name, Kyle here. Good name. Uh Kyle says, I've been thinking about this since yesterday's episode of L O N L. Jeez, man. Locked on NFL scouting. Yeah, that's tough, man. That's tough. Uh, how can B. John Robinson at 21 to the Dolphins make sense? But Kyle completely dismisses it for the Bengals at 28, two teams in very similar situations. So you think about, okay, young quarterbacks, dynamic skill players on the perimeter, some spotty spots on the offensive line, AFC playoff hopefuls. I get it. I'm picking up what you're putting down. But if I take – and Everybody knows, like, I'm a big Dolphins guy, so nobody who's a Dolphins fan, please don't take this the wrong way, okay? But I think that one of these two quarterbacks is more supporting cast dependent than the other. And for Joe Burrow, I am less concerned about him having the right full embodiment of supporting cast as compared to, we saw what Tua Tungvaloa looked like when he didn't have a good supporting cast. And now we've seen what he looks like with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell. And continuing to build that out is something that I think would further benefit the Dolphins to not make the team be so pass-reliant and be more balanced on offense. Zach Taylor wants to sling the pill. Joe Burrow wants to sling the rock. And Joe Burrow, I think, has shown 
a little bit more transcendability beyond who he has at his disposal to be a productive, consistently high-level operating NFL starting quarterback. And because of that difference in the two players, I think it's about setting your quarterback up for success. And I have more concerns about what failing to address the running back would do for one of these quarterbacks more so than I do the other one. Sounds like a reasonable explanation for me. I don't really have anything to offer there. No, I was no horse in the race here. No, I, I like them for both teams. So I I mean I'd I, like Bijan for any generally any team. Yeah, but yeah. so okay. So we got we got some more um further reviews from this first challenge flag here. So what else you got? I know you're you're yeah. kind of the gatekeeper of Master Master You're of the guy under the hood right now. Oh yeah, yeah, I'm the guy under the hood. Yeah. And man, that's got to be such an awkward thing to do. Could you imagine standing in front of like 70,000 people, millions of people across the world, and you're just like looking at a little iPad or Microsoft Surface, sorry, NFL. Right. Man, that's you're, be you're talking talking to the, the home base in New York anyway, yeah. and like they're really dictating what the, the decision is. Right. And... I would feel so much pressure. Like I, I'm that kind of person. Like if I'm like if I'm in the self-checkout line at a grocery mm. store, like I got to be quick, efficient. I got to put on a you show here doing. about how to get through this. You know what I mean? I feel the heat or the airport, the airport security line. You know what I mean? You want to like put on an absolute clinic on how to take off your shoes. I, I tell you out. about every person in front of me in the security Doesn't line for the last three years right. does not have the same mentality right. that you. It's the first time anybody's ever flown. <laughs> All right. Chad says, man, do you take a quarterback in round one? That's going to be 26 before he can take his first snap would be 30. When you have to decide to pick up the fifth year option, this is obviously about, yeah, this is about Hendon Hooker and surely about, uh, we, we reacted to Bruce Feldman's mock draft where he had five quarterbacks going in the first round, including Hendon Hooker. Shoes in the bin. (laughs) How many people do you see put shoes in the bin? And they, they very clearly say shoes don't go in the bin. (laughs) Is that the response to this question? Shoes in the bin. Um, no, how do you draft a quarterback who's going to be 26 in his rookie contract and he's going to be 30 by the time he reaches the end of his rookie contract? Is that the, no, the crux of the question? 26 by the time he takes a snap and 30 right. when you have to decide to pick up the fifth year option. Um, there's not a lot of success stories of players with this profile, right? Now there's success stories of players that are big, tall, athletic, and, but I don't think they've necessarily played in an offense that spaces the field and tests splits and stresses horizontally secondaries like Josh Heupel's offense in Tennessee does. So I get the whole concept of, well, he did it in the SEC, and that's that's great. But never mind the age. I just think there is such a leap of faith from a projection and execution standpoint of, the way he was, you talk about college and NF and pro football being almost two different sports with the the styles of the game. This is the most extreme version of yeah. that. Yeah. So I wouldn't draft him off of that. Let alone, I think there's very valid concerns about. Okay, by the time he reaches his mental peak of being an NFL player, he's going to be past some of the most appealing parts of his game because of how athletic he is. I think the simple answer to the question is that I wouldn't. I wouldn't pick a quarterback Correct. in round one with 
those things being true in addition to, like Kyle mentioned, the system that he's coming out of. I, I think there's a lot to like about Hendon Hooker and, and uh, whether it's good arm talent, good mobility, like intangibles are awesome, right? Big-time leader. You love the adversity that he's been through as a college player and, and really rose to the top. And let's be honest, like if he finishes out last year, he's probably the Heisman Trophy winner. I think there's a reasonable chance that he could have at least been in New York or wherever the heck they have the Heisman Trophy ceremony these days. But um, I just think there's too many questions. And I think when you pick a quarterback in the first round, you really put yourself in a spot like this is this is the course that I'm committed to. This is going to define my tenure as a general manager. And for me, I'm not comfortable doing that. And so I'm I wouldn't do it. That's the answer for me. Michael here, this is uh this is a real practical question that I've been debating quite a bit lately, including last night with some people. Uh, Michael said, better fit for the Los Angeles Chargers in round one, Tennessee wide receiver Jalen Hyatt or Utah tight end Dalton Kincaid. Dalton Kincaid. Because he's the better player. I agree with that wholeheartedly. And the other reason why I lean into Dalton Kincaid is because I don't think you can find his receiving skills in any other tight end in this class. There's there's other good tight ends, but I don't mm-hmm. think any of them are like Dalton Kincaid in terms of a receiver. Or I can find speed at receiver outside of Jalen Hyatt later. I can get Josh Downs or Marvin Mims or, or one of those Jalen Hyatt later, right? I, I feel like those players are going to be there for you. Tyler Scott, Jaden Reed, there's options. I can't yeah. get that receiving profile from a tight end like I can in Dalton Kincaid. And you don't expect that he's at least particularly earlier in his career, based off what his route tree looks like. Yeah, that he's going to be a high volume player. He's going to have definitive roles, right, within the offense. And I'd ask you this: like, I know Mike Williams and his evolution as a player. He's kind of become a little more more well rounded of a player. But isn't that kind of the contrast of what Mike Williams was early in his career as a big bodied vertical down the speed down the field speed receiving threat? that has developed in time. Like you still have a player who can win vertically down the field and you're expecting with Kellen Moore, you're going to be much more down the field than you were with Lombardi running the offense. But I think you have some pieces that can, can offer that to you already as well. Whereas Hyatt is, is in my mind, pretty one dimensional as what he's going to be early on especially like we've already kind of talked about that Josh Heupel system. He's playing literally almost every snap in the slot, a two way go with that speed and that offense with that spacing. No wonder the guy's running wide open down the field all the time, right? Like, come on, this is, this is pretty cut and dry that the translatability there gets me quite nervous. And let's be honest, Jalen Hyatt didn't quite test the way that everybody wanted to. He tested well, but it wasn't like this insane speed. Can I throw a flag on the flag? Yeah. Um, who has a steeper uh, transition to the NFL, Hennon Hooker or Jalen Hyatt? It's got to be the quarterback, right? You think so? Yes. Okay. He's never been asked. From Justin Fuente to Josh Heupel, my guy's never mm-hmm. had to execute a progression you style. You just wanted an life. excuse to throw Fuente. Listen, I'll find it when I can. <laughs> what, they're, they're few and far between <laughs> these days. You know what I mean? I got to get my digs there right. on Justin Fuente. All right, all right. Uh, we got a lot more to get to here, but first I need to tell you about the best game ever, the ultimate football GM. You've heard us talk about this app 
And if you think you'd make a good GM, you got to give it a try. When you play Ultimate Football GM, you get to control and manage every strategic aspect of your team as you play through seasons and try to build a dynasty. With Ultimate Football GM, you're responsible for hiring coaches and coordinators, managing the finances of your organization, negotiating player salaries and teams. You got to deal with free agency, the draft, injuries, personnel issues, all the ups and downs of a season. All this in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Football GM is completely free and playable offline, on the go, as you want and when you want to. Locked on NFL Scouting uh, Podcast listeners, listen up here. You get a 100% free boost to your franchise when using promo code Locked On in the game store. That's Locked On, so make sure to check it out today. To download the game, just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up on the app stores. That's ultimate-gm.com. Ultimate Football GM, start your dynasty today. All right, Joe. We have completed our first challenge of under further review. So it's time for your second challenge, and we're operating in the assumption that we're going to get the first two right, so then we have a third challenge, a.k.a. Yeah. segment three. Yeah, so it's going to happen here. tongue-in-cheek. You know, it's, it's fun having a good time. Maybe we can get the, get the folks over at Locked On to get us like a, a red flag themed background here wow. for for this these special occasions in which we're we're putting things under further rebuild. Let's uh let's go ahead. What do you got for us? Bob's got one here for us. He says, just listen to your pod on Mac Jones potential trait. I have something I'd like to hear you guys discuss. With the NFL being a copycat league, why has no one attempted to copy the Brady contract structure? Tom was paid less to have a great team. Because the player has to be willing to do it first and foremost, right? That's the hardest part. Yep. You got to find a guy who, what percent, I'm sure we could look this up. I could probably float around and produce this thing and look this up. But like what top of market quarterback contracts were like all throughout the 2010s and then like where Tom Brady actually was. I'll tell you this about that and whatever you can, you can say that I'm being a homer or whatever, but. Tom Brady doing that was bad for quarterbacks. Like that was, that was not something he should have done. And I think well, it changed the expectation yeah, of the market for every other did. quarterback out there. It absolutely did. He should and have had three, four market reset contracts at the quarterback yes, position with his yes. accolades. And everybody wins when you do that. Everybody, because the floor not goes your up. Team, no, not your right. team. And look, obviously, Tom's personal dynamics are a little bit different with who he was married to and the finances that he had. And look, I know that these guys are all swimming in money if you're starting quarterback in the NFL, but uh, it's your opportunity to maximize your ability to create generational wealth for your family. And Tom Brady not taking every opportunity to reset the market was bad for every quarterback that played football after him and the players that did it during him. This is a stunning get-off-my-lawn moment for you. I want you to know that. I don't know if that's good or bad, but I said uh, what I said. I don't know how much I agree from the sense that if, if you're in a position to do it and you're still getting paid millions of dollars and you want to give your chance the best chance or give your team the best chance to have success and win football games, whatever, dude, you do you. I don't think he has an obligation to the other quarterbacks in the market, or other quarterbacks across the league, does he? I don't know, man. I think when you're that guy, you're you're a trendsetter. You're the guy that everyone looks up to. And now that this is this is a question that we have, to, we're going to have to answer for the rest of the time, Kyle. 
We've been answering it for years already. Tom Brady did this. Tom Brady took team first guy. Wasn't selfish. Okay, here you go. 2011. The highest annual average salary on a quarterback contract was $18 million. Tom Brady and Peyton Manning were the two responsible for that. So you go back 11 years, Tom Brady, his current contract at that time was tied for first with Peyton Manning. This is all courtesy of SpotRack, by the way. Okay. Uh, Peyton Manning gets a new deal in 2012. Uh, was that when he flipped to the Broncos? Yes. And he passed Tom's $18 million at 19.2. And Drew Brees got a new deal with the Saints for 20. So now Tom was third in 2020 12. In 2013, Aaron Rodgers gets a new deal, 22. Matt Ryan gets a new deal, 20.75. Joe Flacco gets a new deal, 20.1. Tony Romo gets a new deal. Is that a franchise tag? That might have been a franchise tag total. Tom Brady takes a pay cut. (laughs) Tom Brady went from 18 to 13.6 in 2013. So he went from, in a two-year span, he went from tied for first to 12th on the average quarterback salary market. Uh, players, Other players above him included Romo, Stafford, Eli Manning, Matt Schaub, Philip Rivers, Ben Roethlisberger, uh, and then Mark Sanchez and Sam Bradford uh, were right behind him. I'll go to 2015. So we'll go to 2014. Colin Kaepernick gets a new deal with the 49ers. Alex Smith gets a new deal with the Chiefs when he's traded. Carson Palmer goes to the Cardinals. So now Tom Brady's 16th. Andy Dalton got a new deal with the Bengals. And then in 2015, last year, uh, Russell Wilson gets a new deal with the Seahawks. Eli Manning gets a new deal with the Giants. Cam Newton gets a new deal with the Panthers. Ryan Tannehill gets a new deal with the Dolphins. Jay Cutler with the Bears. Nick Foles with the Rams. Tom Brady takes another pay cut, and his annual average salary is... $9 $9 million. So that stretch, 11 to 15. Tom Bruin from 1st to 21st. And look at the last four years, man. He's His last year, his last two contracts with the Patriots, two years 30, one year 23. He goes to Tampa, two years 50. Yeah. Like, to me, that's that two-year $50 million deal it's the best value contract in football. Well, yeah, but think about contrast that to what Aaron Rodgers did. In what 50 million a season, right? I don't know, man. And there's a reason one team was balanced enough to win a championship and the other one continued to right, have but a glass there, ceiling. This thought that other quarterbacks should just do that is completely asinine to me. Well, yeah, you yeah, it has to be the right situation for you, but if it, if it you deem that's the right decision for you, I don't think you're you're doing the other quarterbacks a, an injustice because the market's always going to go up. Right, but you have the opportunity to push it. You push that ceiling higher and higher I'd for your guys. Have, I'd rather have six Super Bowl rings, I'm going to be honest. Sure. If you're if you that's not a tried and true way to do it though. It's the it's the number one differentiator for the Patriot way versus right. Right, right, that is that's, the Patriot that's way. That's why the Patriot way worked. And I know we've, right. this is not the first time we've made this observation, but the Patriot way is not signing 34-year-old free agents in June or July 
on an Uber discount because they want to try to win or running the ball and playing good defense and X's and O's over Kyle's and Joe's. None of that's the Patriot way. The Patriot way is having a franchise quarterback that doesn't have an ego about sitting atop the annual average salary chart and being the highest paid quarterback in football. That's it. That's it. So if you can replicate that, good for you. But I don't think you're going to find too many takers on that. It's not going to happen. Right. Right. So like it's an unreasonable expectation to think. And that's not to say this was a bad, like, it's a a great question. Right. But nobody else is doing that. No, no, it's part of, could you imagine the pre-draft meetings with these quarterbacks, whatever owner GM sits down, you got to pick one of these guys in the top three. So, you know what? Hey, if you become the best quarterback in the league, would you be willing to be paid like you're the 20th best so that we can win Super Bowls? What? I don't know, man. Michael has one for us. He says, how does Peter Skaronsky rank for you as an interior player compared to Zion Johnson last year? Mm. Zion was a little more fluid, don't you think? Uh, fluid, and I think he probably had better power as well. Yeah. Well, I think Skaronsky would probably be able to showcase his power better with bumpers on either side. Oh, for sure. So I think that's just the, the challenge with Skaronsky is I think the, the length thing is apparent. And while he is super technically refined, um, I think he's more of a methodical mover as compared to somebody with dynamic or sudden change of direction skills. So he gets by, he, he doesn't get by, he succeeds because of his instincts and, and his fundamentals and his mastery of the game in that way in my mind, where I think Zion was more athletically gifted. Chris has one here. Uh, we talked about Jeffrey Simmons and trade packages, and so Chris had a follow-up here. He said the Lions need to offer 18 and 48 for Jeffrey Simmons. Now Tennessee has ammo to get to three, and Detroit gets a Pro Bowl defensive tackle on a rookie deal for at least three uh, for at least two years. That wouldn't be for two years. They, uh, he's playing the he's fifth, the year, fifth option year option this year. This year. Yeah, so it's yeah. only one year. But yeah, you're getting ready to pay him north, well north of twenty million. If if Deron Payne got twenty two and a half, Jeffrey Simmons is getting at least twenty three. How many of these guys do you think get over twenty two million? Uh, I think two. I think it's Simmons. No, three. Simmons, Lawrence, and Williams. All get over twenty two. Yep, I think Wilkins is mid teens, mid to high teens, and I think Oliver's 12, 12, something like that, thirteen. Kind of like David Anyameta type deal. Man, I hope you're right about Christian. Yeah, no, I, I, I've done a lot of thought. We're going to do an episode on this at some point. I don't think Christian, Christian Wilkins is going to push for 20. I don't. I don't think his impact as a pass rusher is there enough. My, my guess would be 16 to 18. Yeah, I think, that's, I think that would be the top of his market. Okay. We'll do that. We'll do that show. I'm actually very excited for that show. Watch a little tape. You got to watch stuff other than the Bills games. Oh, I, I'm I'm well aware. I, I I did a lot of research this week on these players. Uh, Wilkins' pass rush was, productivity does not measure up. I understand that, but when I watch him on film, there's plenty of disruption there. Is is it because what, what gets you, you what gets you paid? What gets you paid? Right, but um, is there anything preventing Christian Wilkins in a different system that wasn't a gap control defense from having a Javon Hargrave type? Oh, now that, that's getting now that's getting crazy. I think Christian Wilkins is really good, but that's that's crazy. Come on, 
I don't think it's crazy that that Javon Hargrave, who in year he's, he came in in sixteen. I, I don't remember what year. Come on, just guess. Six. I let's know, say something 16. like that. Let's yeah. say let's say sixteen, and was a underdeveloped player versus a player at a power program that was drafted significantly higher. I don't think it's crazy to say that that he could have that kind of season in a different style of defense, which he's now playing in. So if he goes out and does that this year, that'll change things. But based on what I've seen so far, I think he's in the middle teens. It's not a disrespect. It's, it's a lot of money. That's why we got to get the deal done before he plays. This oh, game. if you can get, yeah, you need to get Wilkins <laughs> done now. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, yes, absolutely. Did we answer the question? No, we, we didn't. Did. Should Tennessee and Detroit work out a deal where uh, Simmons goes from Tennessee to Detroit for 18 and 48? Tennessee would have to be thrilled with that value. Yeah, I think so. Two top 50 picks and a top 20 pick. And ideally, you ideally you keep 18. In a, so if you wanted to go from Tennessee's 11, 11 or 12, 11, yeah, 11 to, to three. three, it's still going to cost you three first round picks. Right. So do you, the question is, do you want to go ahead and get rid is of it, two of them now? Or? Is, do you like this class or not? If you like this class, keep, I'll tell you what I'm 18. not doing. If you, if you don't like it, move the pick now. Okay. And I'm not I'm going in. to three for non CJ Stroud. So, no uh, yeah, I mean, they're, you're effectively saying we're trading Jeffrey Simmons for the right to draft another top 100 quarterback and trade up to get him one for one swap with that scenario, right? Because plus more, plus more. Yeah. I think that's going to look real bad. When you look at the overall package, you know how they do this. It'll be like what it wound up being Jeffrey Simmons, this, 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 and this for this, like, man, that could look bad one day. I mean, I know you can't be scared, but if you, if you have convictions about the quarterback, like to me, that's yeah, but I don't, so I don't really get excited about it. Maybe, maybe they do. We'll see. Got some more to get to here in just a moment, but first I need to tell you about FanDuel. The NBA playoffs are almost here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, Joe, trivia question for you before we move on. Okay. What was the first year that Tom Brady earned more than $20 million in a single season for playing 20, quarterback. 2016. 2016 was $14.74 million. Uh, 2017. 2017 was $15 million. One what, MVP what am I that try- year. What am I trying to get? What number again? 20. The first year you earned over oh, $20, 20 million dollars in cash. 2019, that last deal that he signed with Tampa. Or with no. New England. The New England Patriots deal, $23 million, was yeah. the first time he earned more than $20 million in a single season to play quarterback. That's something, isn't it? 
Got a feeling his bills are paid, though. You know, I think he's going to be okay. I, I really do. Career earnings. Let's look at Tom Brady's career earnings in the NFL. Three hundred thirty-two point nine six million. That, that's just paychecks for NFL teams across twenty-three seasons. What's that? Not a math guy. Don't ask. <laughs> um, twenty-three seasons. You said twenty-three seasons. Yeah. Well, so, two two hundred and thirty. There's calculators for things like this. Two hundred thirty would be ten. So we have that. It's about 15. All right. Ballpark it. He's got the Brady brand. We're over here. What are we doing? Let's get off this. Over here. We're not talking about TV 12 or anything. Giving him free ad reads here for his underwear. Kidding me? Well, now you you took it to the underwear. Let's go. What do we have (laughs) have for a third challenge flag? Robert Robert says, Joe, Kyle, thoughts on Titans potentially conducting a little gamesmanship to see if the Colts balk and trade up to three and give up assets. So the theory, the big brain theory here is that Tennessee doesn't want to move up, but they want to hurt the Colts. Absolutely. I think that's a possibility, don't you? Sure. That's all that's all, all of this is a big game of chicken right now in just about every right. capacity. Heating up early, ain't it? Like yeah. the way that the goalposts are already moving when it comes to the draft conversations. Yeah. Early this year. Yeah, Chris Mortensen going out there on ESPN talking about how the, the Panthers are Bryce Young. They said, but then 90 seconds later says the decision hasn't been made yet. But <laughs> We're supposed to do this like in, in two more right. weeks. We're, yeah, we're, <laughs> we we have like 16 more days to right. we're supposed to be doing this. It's still the first week of April, right? Right. Come on now. Uh, this one, and look, this is the Twitter name. I don't know what to tell you. It's Bunny Rabbit. Bunny. Okay. Bunny Rabbit says, why would AZ Arizona want to jump down that far and miss out on Will Anderson? Why would Tennessee do that with all the holes on the roster? Referring back to this hypothetical trade right. with the Titans going from 11 to 3. I have more questions about it from the Tennessee side than I do the Arizona side. I think that Arizona, given the amount of needs that they have in a season where, you know, it's going to be a bit of a lost year for Arizona in my mind. Will Anderson ain't going to fix no, no, right, right. But several assets can really, you know, help. And so I I get it from them. I I don't get it from Tennessee at all. Um, Yeah, unless they feel this is the the only time, or that they're going to be in striking range to get a guy that they love, which feels improbable. Which I think you can you can look at the Titans though like this. And I think, I think this is fair. Mike Vrabel's not going to like pack it in. He's not going to just, okay, it's Malik Willis's year. Let's see what happens. Mm-hmm. He's going to go out there and try to compete. And so I think where Tennessee it can get dangerous for them is they're probably going to be picking in this type of range, like just outside the strike zone for going to get their quarterback. So I think at some point they are going to have to move up because I don't think they'll ever be bad enough to just like right. earn a top three pick with Mike Vrabel and just sit there and pick a guy. You'd have to have catastrophic injuries like early. So it's just like, when it's just, is it this year, next year? Like, when are you going to do it? Because I feel like that's going to be Tennessee's path to getting their quarterback at some point. And that's, that's me paying a lot of respect to Mike Vrabel. And I think the baseline that he can get out of a football team Mm -hmm. on a yearly basis. Agreed. This next one here comes from David who says, make sense. What if B. John Robinson Falls to the Bills at 27. It's a no-brainer. Bills take him and will rejoice for having done so for five seasons. I guess I'll go first on this one. With Bijan and the Bills, 
I just refuse to be mad if it happens. That's what I'll say about it. Are there other needs that I think are bigger? Yes. Do I have questions about the investment, all that? Sure. But I will refuse to be mad about it because I don't think it's any doubt he's one of the top three talents in this class, and I recognize the impact that he can make on any team. So that's that's my Bijan of the Bill stance. I refuse to be mad about it. No further questions. Chained King 305. Hmm, that's oh. that's the Miami area code, right? It is. It is. 305. Uh, so, wait, do they celebrate? Is 305? What's uh, the day? Is it day. March 5th? Three, yeah. 305 that's what day. we do? 305? Okay, cool, cool. I feel like we didn't celebrate that this year. What happened? We missed it. Man, I hate that. It's a weird uh, time for us. It's true. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> a, lot, a, lot of, a lot of balls in the air. All right. Chain King 305 says, what's y'all's thoughts on Kendra Miller, TCU running back? I believe I read Miami had him in for a visit on one of the Dolphins' websites. Super productive player this year. Um, made a big leap. The Leafs have scored 17 touchdowns on the ground this year, uh, but had a knee injury, didn't do any athletic testing. Uh, from what I saw at TCU, um, Joe, what, what's um, what's your baseline level of expectation for Big 12 defenses? They stink. Mm, yeah, there's a lot of, lot of air yards available in the run game. Um not a lot of point of attack resistance, a lot of drop in coverage, which means we're playing tight fronts up front. A lot of air to be found coming out of the mesh point. And I don't say that to be dismissive of, of um, Kendra because I, I think he has talent. I think he has a good vision. He has good contact balance. I don't think he has great burst. Uh, my concern is that he's athletically – not going to find the same chunks at the NFL level as he did at TCU because the pursuit is different and the the structure of the fronts is different where you're not going to have such straight line pathways to come out of the mesh point to run the football. So I think guys like Kendra Miller are so easy to find. There, there's just well, nothing the, special about it. That's him, the right? challenge and, and that's the true devaluation of the position, right? Is you can you can find players with these kinds of profiles multiples half of them dozen annually. of them every year yeah yeah so that's the ch- that's the challenge is I, I don't think he has an athletic trait that differentiates himself and now he's just an instinctually good running back that runs hard you can find those yep yep i agree that's my thoughts on kendry the uh after further review we have no more further questions oh, okay so we uh we we passed all three challenges uh, appreciate you guys for for staying engaged with the show and, and providing us with your questions. Not going to promise this is a weekly thing, but it'll come when you least expect it. So make sure you stay engaged with us. We see the tweets, we see the YouTube comments, we see the posts, um, and we want to make sure that you guys do know that you do have a voice on the show, which is why we debuted under further review episode one today, answering all the questions you had about the talking points that we tabled throughout the course of the week. I'm Kyle Krabs. He's Joe Marino. We are Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes, your teams every day here on the Locked On Network. You can find us on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. We hope you have a great weekend. Hit subscribe. Come on back and see us. We will talk with you all again on Monday.